listening to Thunder Radio, the podcast of the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Centre. So hello everyone and welcome to Thunder Radio. We are here today in the studio with Alison McDonald. She is the principal of Wapasqua Virtual Collegiate, which is an initiative here at MFNERC that was started a few years ago and she's going to tell us about it today. So welcome, Allison. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kimberly. It's great to be here. So we'll just start off um, by answering or letting people know what is Wapasqua or what is a virtual collegiate for those who haven't heard about it. Um, the virtual collegiate, uh, the idea of, of having a virtual collegiate actually began here at the center in 2009. And uh, we received some funding back then to um, to see if we could have this as an option for First Nations students here in Manitoba. I'm not sure how many are aware, but uh, there's quite a number of high schools that the MFNERC services. There's 49 high school that 49 different high schools that we provide services for, and of those 49, there's only 21 that have a full high school program. And by full high school program, I really mean um, they have enough credits to to grant a, a diploma. But, but really their, their course calendar is essentially made of just you know thir- around 30 credits. So there's really not a lot of extra options even in those schools that can provide a high school diploma, the options are just simply not there due to a, a number of reasons, funding me being the main one. So, so the ones that can provide those high school programming, of course they do a great job, but like I said, the options are simply not, um, they're just not attainable there. And so the virtual high school, was, was first of all made to increase options, but also uh, in those other communities that don't have any high school programming past grade nine or the grade 10 level, we've got students in First Nations that are le- having to leave the community to continue. <laughs> we have students leaving the community to having to continue their education beyond the grade eight level. And so they have to leave the community at you know young ages of 13, 14 years old if they wanna continue and try to get um, you know, try to attain their high school diploma. And so the virtual collegiate can, um, can be of assistance there because they can now remain in the communities and take some of the courses online, you know, and if they want to transition a little bit more when they're a bit older, uh, that's great because we have uh, courses starting at the grade nine level and uh, they go all the way up to the grade 12 level. So currently the, the virtual collegiate, we've been around since 2009 trying to develop the program and you know, over time, we've uh, we've been working with the province and how do we how do we take what we're doing in uh, in virtual learning and, and become an accredited high school? And so that's really been um, the first milestone that we actually achieved back in January 2014. Uh, the virtual high school met the requirements to be a fully accredited Manitoba school. And so uh, we've been a fully accredited Manitoba school since 2014 in January. We've signed an MOU with the province, and so now we have credit granting authority. And so, um, so that's uh, that's a really big milestone for us and for the center to be able to do that. And um, I guess right now, if I if I did the course count, I'm I'm pretty sure there's about 30. There's 33 different courses we have, and and of course we're continuing to develop more with the staff that we have. Okay. Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. So we actually went out to Peguis recently to interview a Wapasqua student, um, AJ, oh, wait a scoot, or? AJ Wastastacoot. 
thank you. That's how you say it. Thank you. And um, he's had a lot of success with um, the collegiate. And primarily, uh, we're going to play a clip from his interview a little bit later, but primarily because that it did offer an independent learning environment, which he said is a challenge, but it helps him a lot. And it was a good style for him. So maybe I'll have you talk a little bit about that, like some of the um, benefits of, of the program. Oh yeah, okay. Like we have, um, like I said, we have students that are that are going to school in First Nations, and um, you know they have a school of attendance where they go to every day. Um, in in this particular student's case that we're talking about here, um, there were some personal issues that um, that sort of prevented him at the time from from attending, you know, the regular school program. And so looking for course options, I think it's really difficult for parents to, um, to find those options, especially as you get older, especially as you get into that high school area. Uh, because you know any, any parent has the right to educate their child at home, but a, as you grow up, you wanna make sure you're doing them a service to provide that quality of education as well. So not only can they, um, can they learn the home values and the, and, you know the basic you know basic facts I guess but but as you get into high school if they if they do want to go to university someday you do have to have a lot of more specific background knowledge and so AJ was a was a student who came to us um, I think it was four years ago it could be three um, but but essentially AJ has has taken the bulk of, of every course we've we've ever offered and so AJ um, is well known to all of our teachers at the Virtual Collegiate, and um, and he's definitely a model student, uh, role model student for for the Collegiate on, on who this um, this type of programming can work for. It's just one example of a student, but certainly for him, it, it was a great match for him at the time. And I know, um, you know, obviously he did very well in all the courses he ever took with us. Uh, top marks and, and that sort of thing and um, you know a really a really driven student with you know goal oriented and so we were really happy to hear actually last year um, not only did AJ um, return to Pegwis Central School to take some courses back in the school system because we were, we were actually really happy to hear that but he continued to take some online courses with us uh, concurrently and uh, he was able to be successful in both worlds and so I don't know how much confidence that gave him I know I was certainly happy to hear that he did get that confidence to to re-enter the regular school system and so that's going to just help him make a transition to um, to post-secondary mm -hmm. so I understand that he has a lot of great plans ahead of him um, continuing to explore the sciences yep. um, veterinary um, college possibly and so so we were really happy to hear to hear that yeah and he was a, a great student to talk to so it's yeah. really exciting so why don't you just take us through briefly what what it looks like when you are a student and you sign on for the class and what takes place um yeah we have um we we're kind of not unlike a traditional high school i guess we do have a school calendar and so we divide that into uh, two semesters and so there's two student intakes throughout the school year right now. Our, our model may change slightly over the next uh, year or so because we're looking at um, we're looking at how can we meet the needs better. But our current model is a two-semester school year with a student intake in September. And so we have the courses live online for five months and then we have another student intake in February. 
And so the courses are, like I said, five months in duration, so following a, t a typical semester system. And, and usually we have, um, we work in partnership with a lot of the schools. And so even though the Virtual Collegiate uh, does have credit granting authority, we really prefer to remain in contact and in partnership with the student's school of attendance. Um, in that way, um, you know, obviously the school can hopefully make a place for the students to take the courses from. They can, they can work with us to, to fit them into the school day somehow. And so uh, we can take a lot of part-time students. We can have students just taking one course with us online. It, uh, it can really uh, add to uh, what the school can offer students as far as the, the course selection. But, but overall, the school does the registration. And so when we receive that online, just, uh, just through our website, www.wapasqua.ca, and so there's a direct link from the MFNARC website to, to our website of registration. And when we receive the, the registration, it, it, processing time can take, a, can take a week or so, but an account, a student account is created. Um, the schools have to appoint, uh, we call them school facilitators, but they have to appoint somebody who's going to be our main contact person. So once they're registered, the students um, will get a, a login information with an account number and a password. And so it's, it's pretty generic, but they have to log in initially. And then they'll have to, of course, change their password to something a little more secure because everybody kind of gets the same password initially. And, and once they do that, uh, at the beginning of the semester, we go through some orientation uh, topics. There's some help videos that, that students do, uh, do spend some time watching. They're pretty short and um, about five minutes in duration each. I think there's about, I think there's five or six of them, five or six of them. And so uh, once they watch the videos, once they do the orientation with the teachers, they've got a little bit of handle on what online learning is kind of about. And so, so it, it can be a little intimidating, I think, for most students at first. Um, but, but overall, once they get sort of through the first probably two to three weeks, there's a transition time and there's definitely a learning curve. Um, you know, once they get through that initial uh, uh, setup, I guess, the setup and the transition to, be, to becoming an online learner, because it is very different. And uh, so once they do that, the classes sort of start as usual, and we have a live class. Uh, for, for most of our classes, there's still a live class every single day. And so uh, we follow a four-period school day with two morning session classes and two afternoon session classes. You know, we're following Manitoba curriculum. We have a 75-minute school day. And so there's usually a lesson or a, you know, a presentation of sorts uh, where our teachers can use uh, online um, web conferencing technology. So the students log into a live room and they're able to have an interaction with not only each other, but the teacher. They can listen, interact. They can have you know, little pop quizzes in the, in the, um, in the uh, live room. Um, there's like sort of poll taking or clicker type questions they call them at university. Uh, we can show video, you know, depending on you know certain um, communities. I guess there's there's video feed that's available in the live classroom, and so all of that, all those tools, I guess, are available to our teachers to try to teach the particular concept that they're trying to get across. So overall, the the teachers um, teach the classes. The students can ask questions. They can interact with each other. You can do it through group chat or private chat. The students all receive a headset microphone so they can just simply just talk and answer and so, it, so it's a lot quicker. And, and of course there's working time too. There's a bit of downtime as well during the 75 minutes. They may have a, 
you know, a, a small task to do or a project to work on. And, uh, and that's it really. Then they return to class the next day and, you know, the same thing will happen, right? So overall, like I said, it's not unlike a regular classroom. The good thing about doing a lot of the, a lot of the classes online is that there are tools that aren't available in a regular classroom. And so, um, so for an example here, we have, um, we have students that uh, might miss a class for different reasons. Uh, and with the technology we have, we have every single class is recorded and stored in an archive. And so as soon as the class is done, it's automatically archived and it's accessible. I think it's two or three minutes after the class is completed. If they happen to miss a class, they can, they can simply click on the archive and then they can rewatch the entire archive if they miss the whole class. Or if they need some reteaching, they can just, you know, move the indicator to the specific point of the class where they may need some reteaching. Um, and so that's really handy, I think, a really handy feature to have for an online, an online system. Um, so, so that's the interactive piece of the classroom. Um, not only do we have the, the interactive piece, but we actually have worked uh, pretty long and hard actually developing the, the class ahead of time. So the entire curriculum or the course content is actually developed ahead of time. And so um, that's really helpful for students. They can look ahead, they can print out everything, they can read. Um, and so, so all the things that are gonna help to support their learning are, are already contained in all the course content pages, we call them. So content pages will have readings on them. They will have maybe some activities on them. They might have some videos that the teacher may have found off of say YouTube or something like that, but our teachers also author their own videos and you know do some minor video production with it so they have those all posted to help students learn the content. And so um, you know depending if a student really was very independent, they, they could essentially work ahead and finish early. And so we've had that particular situation with say, you know, we spoke about AJ for example, and so AJ is actually doing a course totally independently of a live classroom session so he's able to now because he's taken so many courses he's very familiar with the setup he's able to use the computer as a tool for knowledge uh, look read listen learn and you know and also perform and so perform all the tasks that are needed to um, to gain course credit I guess to complete the assessments and all of this kind of stuff um, the other thing we're doing also is um, is looking at programming changes and so a lot of times in First Nations um, there, there's a lot of program changes that, that are missing, I guess. One, one of the things that a lot of urban schools have is a credit recovery programs. Oh. And so credit recovery programs are available in most urban schools, most divisions have them, where um, let's say, for example, um, a student doesn't make the credit, right? So they may, they may have fell short of the mark and ended up with a 40%. And so it's something like that in First Nations, the only option is to take the entire course again. There's no credit recovery program to, okay, what are you missing? What are the outcomes you didn't make? And let's work on those and, and get you, um, get, this, get this credit achieved and, and move on. <coughs> and so with the virtual collegiate program, we're trying to look at um, basically re like really defining the course outcomes and and having sort of checks and balances built into the courses where now if somebody, I don't even know, let's say for example, missed an entire, the last entire month of January, for example, they may have missed one or two full units. 
of study. So rather than making them repeat the entire course, now we can have this option for them in, in a credit recovery approach where they could just take the last two, uh, the last two units. And so there's different ways of implementing credit recovery programs and we're, we're really not there yet. We're still doing a little bit of research and data gathering on how that can be done. Uh, we're working with our advisory group. So we have some uh, community leaders or educational leaders that we are talking to about the needs in the community and, and what they would like. And that was certainly one thing that they had pointed out is credit recovery programs because, uh, because that's something that's really lacking. Um, not only that kind of programming changes, um, but also something like summer school. And so in the city, of course, you can, you can sign up and you can take summer school. You know, of course, there's a fee, but, uh, but you can go and essentially, there's, a, there's requirements that you can get your credit in, in three weeks over the summer months. And so First Nations don't have anything like that. And so now how can we take the courses that are already built and change and adapt and modify them to be delivered in three weeks? And so looking at how we're going to do that too is another, um, is another aspect of what we're working on kind of in the background, trying to build up, um, build up the virtual collegiate programming options. So not only course options, but different ways to use the actual program. And what would you say to a parent perhaps who whose student or child or youth is at home or doesn't want to go to school. Um, how can Wapasqua help oh, yeah. that family? Um, yeah, like similar to, a little bit similar to AJ, I guess, at the time. But if there's parents out there who, um, who have kids that, you know, there's lots of different reasons now whether maybe they, there's a, attendance issues, they don't want to attend school. I, I hear a lot of things as far as reasons why some of it might be just an overall shyness or there's um, increasing social anxiousness or anxiety. Um, there could be issues with bullying, uh, whether that's real or perceived, like, you know, they, they're just, there's, and then there's an apprehension to go. And, and I think parents are doing their best to, to try to encourage them to go, but really when they're out of options, when the students or their kids simply won't go, what can they do? And so, um, if they could work with the school somehow to ensure that they had um, computer access, because uh, under our program we really can't provide that, but if they could work somehow with the school to have that and they had internet at home, um, it's definitely something that's available for, for all home students. And so I think there's, uh, there's a little bit of um, promotion work that I think we have to do. <coughs> and so Part of that promotion, we're getting the word out there that the uh, virtual collegiate is, is open and accepting students. Well, we are here to support the student. And so we always have the student at the center of all the decisions of even all the teaching in the classes. And so uh, it's really important for people to understand that this that we are here for the student. We want to ensure that the student is going to be successful and we want to support them and work with them and the parent in, in all the ways that we can um, to ensure success. We want them to be successful and to continue on in school. So that's really an important uh, first step is to, is to stay in school. And now, as I mentioned previously, we are going to hear uh, from AJ. Uh, like I said, we went out to Peguis to chat with him a bit about his success with Wapasqua. And so you will hear a few minutes of that conversation now. Uh, we are here on location today at Peguis Central School and we are with a very special student. Uh, his name is AJ, and I'll get him to pronounce his last name for me. 
West Desikut. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> and um, we're going to be talking to him today about his experience with Wapasqua Virtual Collegiate because he's had a lot of success um, with Wapasqua and we wanted to share about that. So first, AJ, I'll just have you um, tell me your age and your, what grade you're in and when you're graduating. Okay, I'm 19. I'm grade 12. I'll be graduating February 2017. Okay, and after you graduate, what are your plans? Uh, my plans are to move to Winnipeg and attend University One in the fall. Okay, and what what area are you going to pursue? Um, uh, I don't have a really clear idea of what I want to do yet, but just I'd like to get my science degree before that. So, if you don't mind um, talking a little bit about the fact that you were kind of in and out of school for a while, and then what um, made you decide to try online classes? I began to struggle a lot in school, um, more than usual. At about grade eight, I dropped out. I went from school to school and always ended up dropping out. I was facing a lot of difficulties um, in my life and with my mental health. So um, being in a regular school environment for me just wasn't possible. Um, I finally moved out here to Peg West First Nation to live with my grandparents. I enrolled in courses with Wapasqua Virtual Collegiate. I found that it was the only way that I could really get my uh, high school education without having to come back to a school environment before I was ready. Um, Wapasqua really helped me in that regard to get my education. Before I enrolled in Wapasqua, I was at a small little Christian academy um, and that closed down. So we were looking for alternatives um, to the regular school environment and we found Wapasqua that way. Okay, and I've heard you mention that it was kind of a bit difficult at first, I can imagine. Um, well, it was difficult at first because I had missed out on, you know, majority of grade eight and grade nine. So my first courses were a bit, a bit shabby, I think, because <laughs> I lacked um, a lot of the skills, but through, um, but as time went on, it got a lot easier for me. Um, I really developed skills on working independently and being responsible for myself. Yeah, and how many courses did you take? I think I took um, about 20, 22 courses with Wapasqua. So the majority of my high school was spent with Wapasqua. So I can imagine if there's someone out there listening who is looking for an alternative, what might you, what might you say to them? I would say that they should definitely look, look into Wapasqua because it's a great tool to get you back into your education if you're having troubles. What are some challenges? Well, it's difficult because you're not in a regular school environment. You don't have a teacher there to tell you to get to work. You don't have anyone 
necessarily, if you're working at home, you might not have anyone supervising you. So it's really up to you to get your work done, to pay attention. Um, they can't see you if you're playing games, so you have to. Check yeah, <laughs> you have to really be responsible for yourself. Yeah. But then, what are some good things about it that you like? Well, good things is that it's flexible. You can work whenever you need to. Um, you know, your school isn't open 24/7, but the internet's always there. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you can work whenever you need to work. Um, it's good because it really helps you, like I said, um, develop your independence and your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And now there isn't, like you said, there it's not a classroom where you're sitting in a classroom with mm -hmm. a teacher, um, but if you need like help or if you have questions, you can do all that online, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, teachers there will always offer after school hours, after um, you can always email them. You can even talk to the f on the phone with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And can you chat at all with other students? You can you can chat uh, with other students. You can chat online in the classroom. You can chat um, on a pager system. You could you could definitely reach out to other students in your virtual classroom. Mm -hmm. You could add them on Facebook if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. I will be, I'll be really happy to graduate. I'm very excited to graduate, even though I'm about a year and a half behind my original schedule. But I'm just glad to be able to get it done at all. And without Rapasco, I don't think it would have been possible. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Thunder Radio. And we look forward to connecting with you next month. Thank you.